Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. I left my other wheel at home, uh, but, you know, it's uh, kind of amazing when God uh, moves me outside of my comfort zone, and uh, this week, and particularly this morning, really, uh, God's moved me out of my comfort zone with what I think He would have us, have me share with you guys this morning. Uh, It started Wednesday night. And you can, if you don't like this, you can blame the majority of it on Bob because Bob came wheeling up in here Wednesday night on a bicycle, right? And so uh, it got, no pun intended, but my wheels to turning, so to speak. And so, uh, so as, as I was thinking about it and praying about what I would speak on, uh, God kind of used this illustration uh, of, of a wheel, of a bicycle wheel. And uh, I hopefully, as we get into this, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. And it's really uncomfortable for me because I've not done anything like this since I've probably worked with children's groups, okay? And so uh, God is really stretching me and moving me in, uh, in the fact that, you know, he's using this as an illustration. I've got a chair not to help me sit, uh, but to uh, make this bicycle wheel a little bit easier this morning. Um, so we can kind of see an illustration. It's not particularly clean because I've been riding it on the streets of uh, Selma. But uh, what I thought we would talk about, or the title, if you want to title a message, is This Is Your Life. And as we think about our life, our life is constructed or built of many different things. There are many different ingredients. I just thought of you ladies and men that, that could, can cook and, and you can take a bunch of different ingredients and put them all together and come up with something incredibly beautiful. And uh, I think that's what God wants to, uh, to show us this morning in our time together. Um, as, we, as, we, as we start into his word, let us pray, okay? Uh, Father God, we, I just humbly ask you to use this imperfect vessel for your perfect work. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would uh, illuminate the truth of who God is and, and, and the, the prominence of that place that God deserves, desires, commands in our life, Lord. And so, Father, just help us to to see the light, as we spoke about earlier, and the light which is Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. As I was thinking about a wheel this week, this particular wheel is made up of 32 spokes. Uh, And uh, each one of the spokes is pretty important because if you don't believe me, you just cut one of them out of there and the wheel's going to go all kinds of crazy different ways. But I thought about this this morning that each one of these spokes might represent a facet of our life and, and what builds or makes up who I am. And so I've got all these nice little sticky notes that I put together, and I have no idea whether they're going to stick to the spokes or not because I haven't tried this. But this is my life, and maybe this is your life. The first one on my list is my wife, Donna. 
who happens to be having a birthday today. I'm not going to share how old she is, but I will share with you that for 24 days, we will be the same age. And then I jump back up on her. Uh, but, but, but spouse, spouse might be a very important part of who you are and what your life looks like. So I'm going to put spouse around one of those spokes there because that is an integral part of many individuals' lives. My second and most important, and we're going to get to have dinner with them tonight, is my daughter, my son-in-law, and my two granddaughters. They are very precious to me, and I am very grateful to have my, my family. It's, it's a very important part of who I am and what builds or makes up the person that I am. So I'm going to put my daughter, Rachel, my incredible son-in-law, Tim, and my two beautiful granddaughters, uh, Madeline and Mary Elizabeth. I have a brother I spoke to last night. Keep him in your prayers. He's had the COVID stuff. He's been on a respirator. He's off a respirator now. His name is Clay. Rhymes with Ray. Parents tried to keep it simple for us. They understood me. And so, uh, you know, he's, he's been very, very sick, uh, very, very weak. Um, of course, still hoarse because of all the treatments and stuff. But he is in a rehab now. So we pray and trust that God would allow my brother to get better. Important part of my life, especially growing up. I share with people, you know, that I was the youngest of three kids and, and, and I've always been ultra competitive, ultra competitive, because I had two older brothers that beat up on me all the time until I learned how to fend for myself. And so I can still remember to this day, and it's been quite a few days ago, the first time I ever beat my brother in basketball. And it was a time for celebration because, you know, it just didn't happen because he took no mercy on the, on the, little, on the, on the young kid. The other part or other sticker might be extended family. That's my mother-in-law, my, my stepmom, uh, my parents both are not with us anymore. But my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, different parts of who we are. My job. My job. You know, you think, well, hey, is that really what makes you who you are? I don't know. You guys, you ladies may be the same way. But if a guy walks up to a guy on the street and he says, what you do? What do you do? Our response is to what? Tell them what kind of job we have. Because that is a great part of our identity as men. And ladies, it may be the same for you. But for many individuals, that job is incredibly important. And lest you uh, start worrying, I don't have 32 of these, okay? You know, whenever, whenever you have an old Baptist preacher and he says, hey, I've got 32 points to my sermon this morning, there is fear and trepidation and about 90% of the folks are gone. But I will give you a few others, okay? And we won't take fitness, entertainment. Some people live for entertainment. My friends, whether they be close friends, distant friends, my home. My possessions, for a lot of folks, that's a very important thing. My hobbies, I love some hobbies, folks. And I can get overboard with my hobbies in a heartbreak. I mean, you know, I can't get into anything just reasonable. I have to jump in with both feet. Speaking of jumping in with both feet, food. For some people, food is incredibly important. Uh, success, appearance, education, recreation status in the community, 
achievements. What do I have? What have I achieved? Sports. You know, you ask, I mean, you're on talk radio right now. What's the talk of the town? Are we going to have football this fall? And for some people, that is what is most important to them. And I'll finish up with this one. For some of you young folks, boyfriends, girlfriends. Oh, and I, I almost forgot. I'm a Christian, so God's part of who makes me what I am. And he's, uh, he's, a, he's a part of my life. But you know, that's not what he wants from you or I. He doesn't want to be a part of what puts us together. God does not want to be a spoke in your wheel, folks. God wants to be the hub on which everything rotates and rolls around. He has got to be the center of who we are and what we are. It's not a part of a bigger picture, folks. He is the picture. He is the picture, the beginning, the end. Scripture tells us that. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He is what it's all about. And if he is just another part of what puts, makes me who I am, we've got to get some rearranging in, in order for our lives. Let me just look at this, if I can get uh, about 30 of these sticky notes out of my way so I can actually read my notes here. Um, scripture. guess you thought I'd never get there, huh? Um, in Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, you know the scriptures. That's what? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And if you begin with the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1, the scripture will say, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Let me, let me stop right there. I love the song where he's talking about the... the um, the bones into armies, and when, and when they talk about the, the seas into highways. And I can just vision the children of Israel, you know. God just takes that which man says is impenetrable, and he says, hey, looks like a highway to me. And, you know, that's what God wants to do in our lives too. He wants to take, they talked about depression, anxiety, different things like that. He wants to take those and say, hey, I got this. I got this handled. And he wants to turn those bones into armies, those seas into highways. And he says, I am the Lord your God. I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. And in verse 3, he says, you are to have no other gods before me. No other gods. See, are any of these things that I put up here on this wheel inherently bad? No. My wife is the best thing that's ever happened to me. My kids are wonderful. My grandkids are marvelous. I love what I do for a living. I enjoy recreation and all the other things that I mentioned. And they're not inherently bad things until we let them become more important than God. And that's the world we live in today. I was actually uh, listening to the radio on my way to church and... Uh, I confess I did make a pit stop by Jack's this morning. And so, you know, I'm hearing this, this gentleman speak and how the fact is in America today, God is not the central focal point, even for, quote, believers anymore. God is just one spoke in the wheel. And we've got to change that, folks. We've got to change that. He says, I am the Lord your God. You will have no other gods before me. 
And he, then he goes on and he tells us he is a jealous God. And in the, in the Hebrew, the word jealous and the word zealous are almost synonymous. He is a jealous God. He does not want us to have any other gods before us, regardless of how good they may look. He wants to be the only God, and he is a zealous God that desires to work in your and my life. Let's move on. John chapter 15, verses uh, 16 and 17. He said, you, the scripture tells us there, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will maintain. So if we look at man's relationship with God or God's relationship with, with us, God was the one that chose us. You know, the Holy Spirit, when you, you I, I, sometimes church billboards trouble me, okay? I'll just be, be honest with you. And there was one that used to have a, a, a sign on it that said, choose Jesus, he will fix it. Well, that might sound good on the surface, but you know, that's just bad theology because we do not choose him. He chose us. He picked you by hand, just like he did Moses, just like he did any of the uh, individuals in the Old or New Testament. God reached out. See, we were blind. We were lost, okay? And something that's lost cannot find itself. And so we were lost. God, in his love, reached down and touched us. And that while we, Scripture tells us, in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. At my worst, he was at his best. And so he chose us. We did not choose, choose him. And then if we move forward, Matthew chapter 20, verse 36. He says, teacher. He says, teacher, these are the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day. Teacher, what, what, what is the greatest of the commands? What is the greatest of the laws? Because you realize, in fact, we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. They were moving from a, a period of law to a period of grace. And so there was still a lot of conflict as to, you know, of all these laws, God, the 10 that we talked about earlier, Exodus 20, maybe the three or 400 that we've added to it, you know, because that's what the religious leaders do. They add more laws, put more laws on the table to make it more difficult for the, the, the folks that aren't like them, okay? Remember the Pharisees? And he says, you know, Lord, I thank you that I'm, I'm not like these sinners out there. You know, and he's saying this elegant prayer and he's basically just praying to himself because he's not praying to God, okay? And so, and so we see that uh, the, the, the leaders of the day said, Teacher, which is the greatest of these laws? And what was Jesus' response? He said, You should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, everything you have. Love him with everything you have. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. As I was thinking about this, and actually as I was, I was praying over this yesterday, you know, if the, the, the first, the greatest and the second greatest commandment are, are really interrelated because if I do not love God like I am supposed to love God, there is absolutely no way in the world I'm going to love my neighbor. It's just not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen because there is too much of this flesh still alive in most individuals to love people like we're supposed to love them if we don't love God because God is the source of love. He is the one that allows us or gives us the strength to love folks because there's a lot of folks out there that it's difficult to love. You've got some in your life. But God gives us that love so that we can love, first love him, more than anything else, he is the center of our being, the very hub on which everything else rotates so that we are to love him and that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. God must be the hub from which everything else proceeds. In, G, in Revelation chapter 20, Scripture says, as, as, the, as the book is closing, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, okay? If you look at this, um, I used to have a bicycle shop, so I love bicycles, okay? And one of the greatest things that I learned as working on bicycles was how to build a wheel, okay? And uh, it takes, I, I had a gentleman that sat down with me one day, Mr. Joe, and uh, he showed me how to lace up a bicycle wheel and create a bicycle wheel from a hub, a handful of spokes and a rim. And so you have to start at a certain place. And this valve stem is that, that place. And so we, as, we, as we do this, as we look at this wheel, we see that he is the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 6, he says to seek first the righteousness of God, okay? Seek first the righteousness of God. Put God in the center of your existence and all of these things will be added unto you. Do you want to have a richer relationship with your husband or wife? Most would say, yeah, that would, that would be a good thing. Love God. Love God. Do you want to enjoy your job more? Yeah. Love God. Some people hate going to their job, okay? I'm grateful that I have a job that I enjoy going to. Do you want to have a better relationship with your kids, with your in-laws, with your relatives? Do you want to be uh, more in love with the people in your community? Love God. Love God. Let God be the center of who you are and everything your existence is about. One last thing. 32, uh, 32 points, and I'm going to finish pretty early. There's something else on this bicycle wheel that I normally do not leave on my bicycle wheels because I used to race and do all that kind of crazy stuff, and any ounce, any ounce was unwanted. And there's a thing on this wheel called a reflector. You see it? Reflectors, because I don't ride at night, okay? Reflectors are, as some people would say that are into bicycle racing, it's just dead weight. It's dead weight. But you know, as I think about this wheel and I think about my life and I think about what builds up my life and who has to be the central hub of my life, you know what a reflector does? A reflector reflects lights, duh, okay? It's not the source of light, but it reflects the light that is there. And if we look at Scripture, we see that Jesus 
tells us that he is the light of the world, the very light of this world. And let me share with you, it's coming from the gospel of Matthew. He tells us in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 14, he says, you, uh, first he tells us actually, uh, let me step back to John chapter 8, and he tells us that he is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And then in Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, verse 14, he tells us that we are the light of the world. And the way that we, as his followers, get to be the light of the world is to reflect the light that is God. If we go back again to Genesis, do you recall the first thing that God created? Light. He created light. And he said, it's a good thing. It's a great thing that there is light in this world. And Jesus is that light. Jesus was the light that was spoke about back in Genesis. He is the light of the world. And as followers of his that keep him at the center of who we are, we can reflect the light which is Jesus Christ. In Scripture, it tells us that in chapter uh, 5 of Matthew, again, the verse, uh, verse 16, he says, Let your light so shine before others that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what is he telling us in that verse? He say, or in, let's put those verses together. Number one, God created light and saw that light was a very good thing. Jesus came into this world as the light of the world. God calls you and I to be reflections of the light, of the light, the one true light. And that when we do that, when we reflect his light as we are supposed to, as we have been called to do, we will glorify the Father in heaven. People will see the good works, but they're not, it's not about them applauding our good works, folks. It's about them applauding the Father because what we're doing is reflecting the Father and hopefully with everything we have, whatever portion of this wheel you want to call it, we are reflecting the Father and we are giving glory to the Father because that's what the Father deserves. You know, I love the verse, uh, the song that we were singing. I'll close with this. When they, when they use the term Abba, and I've, I've shared this before. In fact, maybe I've shared it a little bit uh, last time I spoke. But I love that term Abba because it is a term of endearment. Okay, And it's the exact same term that Jesus used when he prayed in the garden. Father, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours. See, the Father wants us to have that same intimate relationship with with, with the Father. God wants us to have the same relationship with the Father that Jesus had with the Father. Now, if you look at that, the, the Trinity cannot really be split, cannot be broken apart, okay? And God wants you and I to have the same relationship with the Father that Jesus had with the Father. He wants that intimacy. And when we hear songs that talk about the, the Father with his open arms that accepts the prodigal, that loves the prodigal, that it, it just, it, it gets me. Because you know what? I am that prodigal. I am that prodigal. That's me. 
that the father has his arms open wide for. And that's a father that deserves to be the center of who I am, everything I am, everything that I have done, will do. He deserves that. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you will take the ramblings this morning and you will pull this all together in our minds and you will show us Jesus and you will show us how we need to relate to you first and foremost and to love you with everything we have. And Father, then when we love you as we are uh, in, in an appropriate way as we are called to do, then you will give us the power and the ability to love others. So, Lord, that's my prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just pull this together in our hearts and minds. And, Father, let us know. Let us put you as the, as the center of who we are, what we are, what we're all about. Help us to realize that when you are the center Everything else revolves around that central uh, being in an appropriate manner. And we can love the world in an appropriate way when we first love you. Father God, I ask you to do right now what you desire to do. And Father, go with us this week and help us to walk out your word in our daily lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.